Hey everybody, welcome to this week's The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles, coming from the home dungeon uh, here. Uh, this week I'm really excited. We're going to have Dan Wood on, who is a marketing expert uh, out of Canada um, and has built a huge business on coaching and internet marketing. Uh, we're going to talk about lead generation and the technology around lead generation. If you're looking to generate leads for your business, I think this is a great watch for you. Uh, if you are an investor looking to generate leads as investors or if you're an agent or broker, uh, again, he has some really good uh, tips and he also offers something free at the very end. So with that being said, lead generation and lead generation technology with Dan Wood. Hey, DJ, hit that music, please. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. All right. I want to welcome you to the Real Estate of Life. This is your boy, Kevin Riles. Uh, this week, we have an awesome, awesome expert at everything, but specifically uh, at uh, lead generation and agent coaching and, and brokerage uh, coaching as well. We have Dan Wood, who's sitting uh, in his studio. That is a virtual background. No, it is not. That is actually his, his kitchen. Am I right? Yeah, this is a, uh, a mobile. I bought a tour bus and I hit the road full time and I moved to a new city based on weather. Okay. And I literally work remotely, um, just moving, chasing the good weather. So this is a mobile home. That's awesome. I did not, we know it. We didn't, when I prepped for this, I did not know that. So that's, that's new information. Yeah. Uh, yeah that is really cool. So Dan is going to, we're going to talk about uh, kind of lead generation today. Uh, the audience for the real estate of life uh, is two sets. We have commercial real estate uh, brokers and real estate agents as well, not just commercial, some residential as well. And then we also have quite a few investors. Um, and the way I saw this kind of mixing together, as I told you a little bit earlier, uh, was kind of uh, around this whole lead generation mechanism because both audiences need to generate uh, leads. Commercial real estate agents and real estate agents need to generate leads, but also investors need to be able to generate leads as to uh, you know, potential opportunities uh, for investing. And so some of that sure. is the same. Some of those principles are the same. And so before we get started, though, uh, I just want everybody to kind of get to know you a little bit. So can you kind of just introduce yourself and what you do and your background a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, Danny Wood, I'm uh, from Oshawa, Ontario, which is about 40 minutes east of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I started as a residential agent in 2007 right before the, the crash of 2008. And uh, that was the best thing to ever happen to me. I, I never knew any difference of what a good market was and a bad market. So when all my colleagues were upset with uh, the downward spiral, I was uh, particularly happy because it was all up for me because I was starting at ground zero. And um, right away from the early days, I discovered that my strength and skill set is not working with contracts and uh, the paperwork side of things mm -hmm. because I almost got fired in my first in my first month so I thought real estate was a regular job like if you work at McDonald's they'll teach you for two weeks how not to burn your fries and I got into real estate and they didn't even teach me how not to burn my clients they're just like if you got questions ask I'm like yeah we're where do I start? What do I do? What, what's going on here? And so I didn't feel comfortable. Um, I was really young looking in 2007. That, still young looking. Uh, yeah. And none <laughs> of my friends were buying at that time. And none of my family would have trusted me um, to, to help them out. So I had to uh, really think outside of the box to connect and find strangers that I could practice on. 
So fast forward a month later into the business on the first of the next month, I come in, I'm so excited. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And I lined up the whole front counter with contracts and um, they're like, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's 11 deals I did. And I start high-fiving them and they're like, what? why are you just giving this the paperwork now? And I'm like, first of the month, like I had no idea. I didn't know anything. I knew absolutely nothing. I don't know how I did 11 deals, but I figured first of the month payday, <laughs> payday. And they, they literally wanted to fire me and they reamed me out. Uh, but then they were blown away at like, how did, how did you do 11 with like, you don't know a thing. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I, I'm like, well, the internet, I mean, I, I just found people that were buying homes and selling homes on the internet. And uh, yeah, these are 11 deals. So, I mean, either we're going to make this work or you can fire me. I'm not sure what to do now. So we made it work. And I discovered at that time, uh, I'm, I'm not to do the paperwork anymore ever again. So I never touched it again. And I just wore one hat and that was marketing and lead generation. And then I would uh, drum up my own business and then follow up with those leads and book appointments. And once they were ready to hop in a car and look at real estate or um, go to the listing table to get put on the market, then I would assign them to another agent on a 50-50 split. And I never had to meet them or see their face and deal with the paperwork or contracts. So it was like perfect for me. And I was able to turn it into a remote internet based business just happened to be in real estate. And uh, so to kind of align that with, oh, and just to like catch up with who I am and what I do, I don't do real estate anymore. I'm now a real estate coach. I own Brokerage Nation. With, uh, there's a couple hundred offices in my program and about 8,000 agents uh, across Canada and the US. And I help those agents with um, getting their own leads, their lead funnels. I help the brokerages with agent recruiting, agent training, and um, those types of funnels. Okay. So. I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching for agents where they're like, can you just help me out and uh, teach me how to do it? So I do that as well. So to circle this back to my early days when I first started, um, one of the best sources for me actually was um, the investment uh, in investors. Mm -hmm. And so my colleagues were like, oh man, it's such a bad idea. Investors, uh, they're terrible to work with. They have no loyalty. And I was like, perfect, they have no loyalty, so I have a chance. That's the way I looked at it. And um, my theory was for every one investor I get in my database, I have two properties that I can sell. Um, the one that they live in and then the one that they're renting out. So I focused on residential investment property, not the commercial side. But a lot of my theories and, and lead generation would have worked in the commercial side too. It's just, it was easier for me to do it on the residential side. So um, a couple tactics I did was I used in Canada, it's called Kijiji in the States. Uh, so I would use a couple of the um, homes for rent in my city and I would call up that landlord because they're renting out their home on their own. So I call up the landlord and say, Hey, I noticed you have a home for rent. Is it still available? And, and they would say, yeah. And then I say, well, that's great. Now, uh, I'm a real estate agent and I was curious, would you be open to the idea of me putting the home on the market for sale? And if I don't bring you any offers, there's no upfront cost. But if I do bring you an offer that you like, then at least we can cast a larger net and give you more options than just you renting it out. Now we can also help you out on the rental side if you need help on that end, but I'm really calling you to see if you were open to the possibility of uh, selling the listing. 
and a lot of landlords don't want to be a landlord anymore and that that could work for commercial real estate as well if they're like a, a, for, a for lease by owner type of person mm -hmm. and um so we they, yeah i got a ton of business every every day it was just like a fresh list of people for me to pick up and call and then some of those landlords were like no i love what i'm doing i'm a professional landlord i'm in my truck and i got my coffee right now head, heading to the dump I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome. So since you love it so much, I, I wouldn't want you to miss out because we actually have a monthly newsletter that goes out showing you all the duplexes, triplexes, the fix and flips and the power sales here in Durham region. And um, if not you, you might know somebody who would be interested in that. And it's a monthly email. So would it be okay if I included your email so you don't miss out? And then I would stop talking. Oh, one of the best tools that I have in my toolkit is being comfortable with the awkward silence yes. <laughs> because you kind of place the onus on them and I always leave them with what the next steps are. So I'm like, so I'd, I wouldn't want you to miss out. What's the best email? And I'll wait eight seconds and it feels like an eternity, but then they'll, they'll give me that email. So I'll, I'll get them in. And Which, I, I would use it. It's hard that to is, because we, we all like to talk as agents. We, we love to talk. We, we, we don't want that silence, but I've learned the same thing that it, you got to be quiet sometimes. <laughs> Oh man, totally quiet. Yep. Uh, the, the awkward silence was my best buddy for yeah. sure. And so I used it as a, a, a lead generation to build and grow my, my database. And I did it for them. Um, the other one was the uh, for sale by owners. And so, and it would work in the commercial world too. Um, I'll just do it from a residential perspective only because that's how I'm more comfortable with it. So say uh, I found a list of all the homes for rent by owner in my city. Um, I would call up that for sale by owner and they answer the phone. So I'd be like, hey, Joey Fisbo, I noticed your home for sale. Is it still available? And they're going to be like, oh, yes, it is because they're a Fisbo. <laughs> Zing. And so I'm like, okay, perfect. Now, Joey, you're probably getting a lot of other real estate agents who are calling and I'm a real estate agent as well. But unlike them, I'm not trying to get your listing. I actually wanted to help you out on the buying side. See, as a buyer agent, there's no fees for you to work with me. And what I want to do is I want to help you out with the inf information gathering and window shopping. And I want to find the needle in the haystack for you. So would it be okay if I sent you a list of homes for sale that match your criteria? I'm assuming you might be moving in the area. And if you were, where would you move to? Oshawa or Whippy? I don't want to stop talking. And I'm putting the word in their mouth to make them correct me. And they're like, oh, no, I'm never moving to Oshawa. Whippy. Oh, you're moving to Whippy. Okay. And, and so I'm not even trying to get them on the for sale by listing side. Most people, in my opinion, if they're selling a home, they're probably buying a home. So I never went after them from the for sale by owner. I want the listing approach. That's what I wanted, but it was an easier conversation to help them out on the buying side and build a relationship with them first. And then we would slide in like a week later or two weeks later and be like, hey, how's the sale going? Do you want us to help you out? We can do a, a fresh CMA. And it just made it like so easy and it didn't cost anything. It was just there, there's two ways. There's leverage your time or leverage your money. And in the early days, I didn't have the money, so I leveraged my time. And I prided myself being the first in the office to turn on the lights and the last to leave and to turn them off. And during that time, I would grab um, out of the recycling bin just a scrap piece of paper, like an old copy of an MLS sheet, and I would flip it over. And every day, I would draw a tic-tac-toe, like a grid. 
And my goal was to not leave until I had uh, like six or eight or tw whatever the grid was. Um, there would be like, let's just say it's eight squares. Um, I wouldn't leave the office until I had eight conversations with eight different people about real estate, whether I knew them or not. So I used every source I could to be proactive with picking up the phone. And then uh, obviously, um, sometimes I didn't reach my goal of, of contacting that grid. But I mean, within my first month, that's that was the strategy I took and it worked amazingly. And let me let me ask you this. This came up on another uh, webinar I was involved with with CCIM here locally. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking to the author, Buddy Norman of, of Shift, how top commercial brokers uh, tackle tough times. And we started talking about old school cold calling and, and specifically what we started talking about was call reluctance. Uh, nobody yeah. wants to get rejected. And so I'm, I asked him kind of his thoughts around how to get over call reluctance. So I'll ask you the same question with, with that me mechanism of, you know, I'm going to make a certain amount of calls. I use a system um, uh, called win by noon. I don't know if you've heard of that. And it has check boxes, basically has your grid system in their uh, program. It's a, it's a daily organizer. But how did you get over or did you have any call reluctance uh, as it pertains to people that you didn't know? No, I, no, I didn't. Um, because like I, I always had a reason and it was always greater than me and it was for them. So either I knew they were for sale by owner and I wanted to help them on the buying side or I knew they were a landlord and I wanted to help them on possibly selling. So it, it was always like leaning towards what's in it for them anyways. And um, I, I never felt bad if a person said no I just knew I just had to have a certain number of calls every day and uh, I was really aggressive early on with like eight call like at least it's really hard to find eight fresh people that you don't know to talk real estate like it takes a couple hours to actually find the contact and to make the connection and to have like a 12 minute call or whatever your average was my average call was between eight and 12 minutes and um, I used to and my when I first started doing public speaking I, I generated so many internet leads that I got really, really good at converting them. Um, so when I used to do public speaking, that's what I would do. I would go to an office and there'd be 50 people in the room and I wouldn't do a talk. I would just do my prospecting on speakerphone, live in front of people, unscripted and unrehearsed with people that didn't know I was calling them on, on speakerphone. And I got to one, do my prospecting, which I had to do anyways. Two, I look like a rock star in front of a room full of people and I got referrals out of all those offices. So I did about 300 talks um, over the course of a, like a two year period for free. I never charged for it and I never upsold them on anything, but it built a really big audience for me. And then um, that's when the coaching took off because everybody that saw that, they're like, oh man, I want a piece of that. So then I started doing one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. But the problem with one-on-one -on -one coaching was um, there's only so many hours in the week. And once you fill your time slot, uh, you can't really scale the business unless you hire another coach and then do a 50-50 split. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Not because I didn't want to split things 50-50, just because I didn't want to... Um, I'm like a hippie, man. I, I just, I'm a free spirit and if I, I go with my own dance. And you, so you live in an RV and you travel. So that that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so the only way I could scale it then was I said, okay, I'm not going to do the one-on-one -on -one coaching because it's trading time for dollars. Mm -hmm. So I'm, what I'm going to do instead is a group coaching call where instead of doing one person per hour, I can do eight. So I started charging them less 
and then that freed up more time and then I, I was able to scale it that way but then I fell into the trap again of I, how now all my time slots are now full with group coaching calls but I can't scale it any further so what I ended up doing was I, I took I went to NAR the National Association of Realtors and I bought a booth that was like $3,500 and um, I sold the concept of a DVD I didn't even have the DVD I just sold the concept of it and it made like sixty thousand dollars or something in that in that week and it was awesome but i didn't actually have a dvd to give them i just sold them on a pre-order of the dvd and um the the thing i found with that was uh it was a one-off transaction they would buy the the dvd and i would get that transaction but then i would have to like do another conference and booth and and stuff reoccurring so I took that DVD and I built a basically like my own version of Netflix where you know you you can log into Netflix and you can stream whatever videos you want I create I created an industry version of that where people can log in and watch my content but it gets rebranded as the local office and uh, so the local office gets to use it as a training and retention tool but then they also get to use it as a recruiting tool to give access to outside agents that they're building relationships with and Dan, I, I think we're having a, a little bit of a connection issue all right you guys know this is zoom zoom so we, we lost Dan there for a second with uh a little bit of internet, but Dan, you were talking about uh, your coaching platform and, and, and scaling and, and you ended uh, with uh, uh, leaving NAR with uh, DVDs and uh, now having the Netflix of training for, for brokerages. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so um, that's basically the evolution of where I'm at now. And uh, I didn't want to keep talking about me. It just kind of went. That, went no, that no, way. that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I think it's important that people understand your level of expertise as it pertains to uh, technology and scaling and, and, and things of that nature. And, and honestly, uh, like I said, lead, gener lead generation, I often tell uh, friends and people that ask me for business success advice, you know, we're really in the lead generation business. We're, we, we happen to apply craft through real estate, but we were really in the lead generation business because no matter what the market is, if you know how to lead generate, you won't starve. You might have to go on a diet every once in a while, uh, but you won't starve. Yeah. Um, so people always ask me, why did you go from real estate to coaching? And uh, my answer is always, well, I, I never did. I, I'm just in marketing. It just happened. It was marketing for real estate. And now I'm marketing for coaching. But I, I, I always looked at it as a marketing, uh, marketing strategy. Everything I ever did, even like open houses was a marketing strategy. Um, if I was a commercial agent and I'm just thinking outside of the box, uh, one of the things I would do definitely would be um using linkedin there's a uh, you can google search it it's called a boolean search linkedin boolean search and so if i was to um go to linkedin and type in commercial um uh commercial investor for example i don't know i'll just use that as an example so if you type in commercial investor in the linkedin search it is going to show you every profile that has the word commercial and investor However, if you put it in quotations, so a quotation and then commercial space investor and then another quotation, it's just going to show you those people um, that have that on their profile. So it's going to narrow it down a lot further. 
And then you can add filters and say, I only want the people um, in this city that are commercial investors and it's going to like narrow it down even further. But then you can add, um, uh, uh, what would it be? It's like the curved bracket. It's above the nine on your keyboard and mm -hmm. above the zero. So if you add that curve with a minus symbol in front of it, anything in those two brackets would be a negative. So I would add the word realtor, broker, mortgage, uh, those type of things. And if anybody's profile has any of those keywords, they don't appear on the search. And now it gives you a much cleaner list of who are all the people that invest in commercial real estate, for example. And I mean, that's just one example. I don't know what your audience, the keywords would be that they would yeah, search. No, I, think, but uh, I mean, for property sellers, um, that's important for commercial uh, real estate uh, agents that may have listings like myself. I'm, I'm much more of a listing, a commercial listing agent than I am a, um, a tenant rep or a uh, for commercial uh, buyers agent, I do that. But uh, so for me, if I'm looking for buyers. Um, you know, LinkedIn is is the what I call the professional Facebook. So uh, <laughs> you know, uh, your 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 higher end um, folks that are want to be known as a certain thing are 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 definitely there. So I think it's important uh, to to know that you mentioned LinkedIn um, and using it. That ironically, that's one of the things that's on my to do list this year is to you know I have. I just really don't use it. I'm, I'm, people communicate with me, but I, I haven't used it necessarily uh, for business. I'm curious, um, you know, as to what other technology tools, because you are the tech man, uh, technology tools that uh, you use or would suggest to people that are just in the real estate business in general. I'll, I'll leave it broad. Sure. Okay. Uh, so can you, I got two answers for that. Uh, and I'll circle back to Google in market. You can target people who Google is predicting who are in the market to um, buy or sell commercial real estate in your city, mm -hmm. which is crazy that they have that big brother data and they can predict who it is. And that those are the only people that would see your ads or your listings. Hmm. So I'll come back to that in a second, but I want to continue with the LinkedIn thing for a sure. second. So say you've, you mastered this Boolean search, which is free and you pulled off a list of all the key um, targets that would be in your city. My next step would be to uh, hire a virtual assistant who would do cold calling for me. And uh, so when I say I do um, a live seminar and I, I'm like trying to sell out an arena because I, I do big stage talks, if I was to do Facebook ads, for example, to get people to register, let's just say it costs $15 per lead for uh, a person to buy a ticket and come to our event. If I um, took that same $15 and I hired a cold caller and paid them $15 an hour, uh, on average, they would get four registrations per hour. So I, we don't really do Facebook ads anymore. We just hire cold callers and we'll get a list and then they'll call the people and enroll them in whatever our program is. So you could, circling back to LinkedIn, get a list of all of the people in your city that are into commercial real estate who aren't realtors, mm -hmm. and then have a cold caller, call them with some sort of call to action or item of value. And um, they don't have to sell them on the idea. They just have to say, whatever it is, I'll, um, I'll just say uh, the call to action is a hot list of commercial properties for sale. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cheesy, but I'm just going to use that. So the cold caller calls the people and says, hey, uh, we noticed on LinkedIn that you're a commercial real estate investor. And uh, we actually happen to have a, a hot list of all the up 
upcoming commercial properties that you can't find on the MLS. And would it be okay if we included you? What we'll do is we'll text you a video that explains how it works and it's totally free. And if so, what's the best number um, to send that to? Is it the one I just called? And so the cold caller isn't to sell them on the program. The cold caller is just to get permission to text them a video. And it's a video of me selling them on the idea, the concept or the call to action. And uh, man, that's that, thing, that works amazing. Yeah. That's, because, that's really good, especially for database building. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh, we, um, we used it for real estate agent recruiting where um, the cold callers were calling agents and like trying to convert them and book appointments over the phone. And I'm like, man, these guys don't know your business at all. They're, they're making you look like a bunch of dummies. So instead of them trying to recruit the agents and, and get them over the phone, why don't we just ask permission that they send a video about you? And then you're the one, because nobody can tell your story better than you. And we'll just send them a video. And then, I mean, the law of averages would work out. If you send 10 videos, a certain number of people would reply. And once you know the math, then um, go for it. So yeah, that would be that approach. Now, um, g going with the, the fresh marketing idea, which is kicking ass right now, is uh, called Google in market, where Google uh, is predicting who's in the market they, they know the difference between pre-construction and resale. They know the difference between buying and renting and commercial. And so you can tell Google, I only want to target um, people who are in my city, who are over the age of 30 and who are in the market to buy. In your example, it would be commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so how it works is it used to be based on keywords of, you would tell Google, okay, I'll pay, uh, if anybody searches commercial real estate for sale in my city, I want my ad to appear. And if they click, go to my website. Yeah, I used to use that years ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and it still works today, but typically speaking, if I ask an agent, what's your average cost per click, they'll tell me $2, $2.50 or something like that. Um, and with the in-market ads that we're doing and anybody listening, if uh, you don't want to set it up yourself, we can do it for you. Um, uh, we're averaging with our cost, including included on top of the ad spend it's uh 35 cents a click right now with our cost and google's cost so it's like way cheaper than what they were doing uh, elsewhere and uh, so how it works is this uh, google will look at of all the people in north america who for somehow they know purchase commercial real estate what they do is they backtrack and say okay last month what were the keywords that they searched what were the websites that they went to what were the emails that they received on their android phone what text messages were they sending like they're reading the gmail as well like uh, mortgage pre-approvals that sort of thing and so what they do is that they cross-reference and cross-pollinate of all of the data of everybody who bought commercial real estate last month what are the same things that all of them did was there like maybe there's 300 triggers or whatever it happens to be once they know what those triggers are, they can easily predict next month who are the people that are buying a red backpack, getting a, an Apple watch, um, buying an app, uh, a Samsung phone, uh, real estate. And real estate has a couple categories. You can target um, purchasing soon or just purchased. So you can target people after they just moved. Um, commercial, residential, and pre-construction and rentals too. So um, there's a bunch of rental service. Oh, a lot of your landlords, mm -hmm. people on this call, they, they might have a lot of properties for rent. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're doing um, rental ads as well. So anybody that Google knows is gonna be renting or leasing either commercial space 
or um, residential, you can split it off and um, they see your, it's awesome. It's, it's like, it's a, the best branding play that you can do right now. That's, a, that's amazing. Um, and I, this is an off the cuff uh, question, but um, where are you on, on, on uh, uh, YouTube um, ads? Um, you know, I, I was actually on YouTube uh, yesterday watching something. And of course I've watched commercial real estate stuff. And so I got, of course, targeted because of that. So um, yeah. I'm just curious, have you used that or seen anybody with any, any success uh, with YouTube? Absolutely. And no. So the absolutely part, the absolutely part is that it is amazing at branding and targeting because you can still do that Google in market stuff we were talking about. Only it'll, it'll be your video and your video plays as a commercial. If they hit the skip button or don't watch 30 seconds of the video, you don't pay. Um, so it's totally free exposure because most people hit the skip button and don't watch 30 seconds. So you're get it's just like free marketing. Um, and then the people that do watch 30 seconds or more, you pay for that. And um, why I said that it doesn't work is because a person goes to YouTube because they want to watch a tutorial on how to fix their bike or something. And then your video comes up as a commercial ahead of it. They don't want to hang out with you and they don't want to like the click through rate and lead conversion on YouTube is terrible. Um, however, the branding and the targeting. So if you're trying to, if it's a branding play and an exposure play, right. like put it this way, say you have, um, a commercial listing and you have a virtual tour uh, and photos of the property. There is a tool that, that's free. I want your people to write down. It's called loom L O O M loom.com and loom allows you to record your computer screen and you at the same time. So it would be your picture would be in the bottom, right? picture in picture and you're like looking into your camera and then on your web on your computer you would have the listing pulled up and hit record and i'd be like hey this is the new factory that we have for lease and these are the loading docks and this is the aerial view of google streets and you're just like talking about the property and in a two minute video clip you could have a virtual walkthrough showing people this new listing that you have then we take that put it on YouTube and then we run it as an ad targeting people in your city that Google thinks are either going to be buying or leasing commercial space. So the, the targeting and the branding is awesome, but the click through rate is terrible. They don't like people don't like most people don't even know where to click. Um, so, right. so no, it's you're not right. good. Right. I think that's a uh, good. Um, there's uh, there's a difference between um, uh, to me advertising uh, and then and, and versus marketing. In other words, uh, you know, marketing is kind of brand recognition. Oh, Kevin is a top real estate broker in the area versus um, me trying to sell something uh, specifically. Um, you know, uh, so I, I, there's definitely a difference. And even in commercial real estate, that is the case uh, as well. And that, those YouTube ads, we're doing it. It's $100 a month mm -hmm. and it's not $100 per video. So we have a $100 month like umbrella and then we'll just add like six or eight different videos in that umbrella and they rotate and share between that one budget and like our clients were going from 30 views it's so disheartening to make a video put it on youtube and get like 20, 20 views or 50 views or whatever so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so now our clients are getting like 1600 views mm -hmm. and it's targeting people in their farm area it, so it's working then it sounds like uh, and maybe you already have it sounds like uh, uh, you, your other business or, or other could be business uh, is uh, online marketing uh, marketing agency, which it sounds like what you're kind of doing already. It is. Oh no, we yeah, I've got hundreds of agents that are paying monthly for it. It's a big piece of my business. Yeah, got you. Yeah, got you. So, um, 
you know, we talked about a couple of technology tools. We talked about lead generation. I guess, you know, in our, our podcast go about 30 minutes or so. So we're, we're uh, heading up against that. I guess what I would ask you uh, as we get ready to close is, are, are there any things out there from a marketing or advertising um, space uh, standpoint that you see coming down the road that would be helpful uh, to people that may not be ready yet or, or you've heard about that, you know, are going to either be game changing or just, uh, you know, additional tools for people to be able to use. Sure. I do have the perfect answer for that. And it's actually not new. It's just probably new for the people hearing it. Mm -hmm. And that's outsourcing and virtual assistance. Uh, so there's an audio book by Timothy Ferris. Yep. It's the author. And the book is called The 4-Hour Workweek. And that book in particular really impacted my, my life. You in live it. Way. You're, you're actually living yeah. I read that book when it first came out before the audio book. Mm -hmm. So you're living yeah. it. Yeah, I am living it. And um, so 100%. So how I do virtual outsourcing is I started with a blank piece of paper, just a scrap piece of paper. And anything that I didn't like doing, I wrote it down. If anything, I was dragging my foot on finishing, I wrote it down. If anything was below my pay grade that I was doing, I wrote it down. I mean, this thing was double-sided. I discovered a lot of things I don't like doing. So I, I wrote all this stuff down. And after about a month, I reflected back on um, all the things that I had and I grabbed a highlighter. And then anything that was repeating or reoccurring, either daily, weekly, or monthly, like maybe an example would be um, create creating feature sheets for your new listing. It's basically the same thing. You have to create the feature sheets, you have to create the blog, the social media, the just listed, the coming soon, like just sold. You have to create all this marketing. So I would outsource somebody to create all that marketing ahead of time for me that I didn't have to do it anymore. Um, so anyways, I took a look at my piece of paper that had uh, anything highlighted that was reoccurring. And that's what I outsourced first because a lot of people think, oh, I'm gonna outsource social media because I don't know that wrong. You outsource the things that you know how to do, but are beneath you. And uh, so now what I do is I spend one hour a day quarterbacking all of my virtual assistants with what they're to do tomorrow. So my one hour today, tomorrow translates into about 16 hours of effort by other people. And then they're all going to do their little bits and parts and then they send it back to me. And then I'm the quarterback. I'm like, oh good, he's done the video and she's done the landing page and he's done the banner ads. And then I just like put them all together. So 80% of the work gets done by other people and then I just polish it off. And it's one hour a day um, that I leverage to a huge degree. So outsourcing is one of the best things I've ever done. Single-handedly, it's like the best thing I've ever done to um, create a work-life balance that I enjoyed and um, to give me sanity because I became an entrepreneur for the freedom and then that freedom became a trap. Hmm. No, and that's, uh, that's a, as, as we were saying in the church, that's a word right there that I came became an entrepreneur for the freedom and then the freedom became a trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so, so I've used virtual assistants for years as well. I started off with a company called my Outdesk and then me too. And my Outdesk was ripping them off. Like my girl. So the, the, the theory, the, at the beginning it was, um, I liked it because I'm like, Oh, six bucks an hour or four bucks an hour or whatever. But then I found out that that company was taking a huge chunk. Like, oh my God, they're working for like nothing. This is so bad. So now my virtual assistants, I'm paying like 25 us an hour, 20 us an hour. Like I'm not paying them for pennies anymore. Right. I just find talent and I pay them really well. Um, and I've got people that I've been working with for years and it's worth it to me. Yeah, and so uh, I said that to say that, um, 
uh, I found out the same thing and, and started feeling bad. So uh, <laughs> I went independent. So I, I, the way I have found them in the pet recently is is Upwork. Uh, yep. Um, um, that's who I use. Uh, Upwork, and that's that way you can deal directly with the uh, the VA and, and set your own rates, and they get the actual money um, either through Upwork or or uh, you know uh, directly through whatever your payment. So I didn't know yeah. the sources. That's why I was I was, I was saying that. Upwork is what I use. Upwork, um, when they first start working with you, that VA, Upwork takes a big percent. I don't know if it's 30%. It's something or, like that. Yeah, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, and it's scaling. So the longer they work with you, the more they get over time. Right. Because um, mm-hmm. right. they want to keep them with the site. Um, but I found people for ad hoc stuff, and then we end up communicating, and then I end up hiring them directly. I've done that maybe once. Uh, hire, excuse me, hiring them directly, and you know, we I pay them direct. But... Um, mm-hmm. And then Fiverr, um, you know, people are starting to, to be a little bit yep. aware for kind of small, quick tasks. Uh, Fiverr right. As well. So. Yeah, we do Fiverr for the one-offs, and then Upwork is for people uh, reoccurring. I'll end off on one last strategy. When we do outsource, um, let's say I want to find somebody who can do my video editing, I'll post the job, and I'll get like twenty or thirty people who apply. In the job posting itself, I specifically say at the very bottom. Um, if you want to apply, do not attach a resume because I want to see that they read and follow instructions. And two, I'm not reading the resume anyways, cause it's made up bull crap. Like of course they're going to say all good stuff and the, the references are going to be their uncle who would lie. Like right. I'm not even going to bother. So I'll give everybody a fair, sh- fair chance and I'll hire five people to all do the same project at different rates. Maybe one person's 35 an hour, one's 20, one's 15, eight and five. And I'll try them all out. And um, during that project, at the end of it, I'll see who was the best communicator, who did the best turnaround time, who did the best quality of work without my micromanaging, who was the best problem solver that figured it out on their own. And then one person will usually stand out. And then going forward, whenever I have, in that example, a video that needs edited, I, I have a list of at least two people that I can reach out to and say, hey, I got another video. Do you want to do it? 30 bucks or whatever. And that is the best way of finding a virtual assistant is not to hire one VA to do everything for you, but to hire VAs based on their individual skill sets. And the first time around you hire five of them just to um, go through the motion of finding who the good one is. That's great. Dan. That's great. Dan. So then if um, uh, people are interested in your services or um, getting in touch with you, what's the best way uh, to reach Yeah, you? cool. Okay. So if they're watching the video on the, screen is my cell number, which is 905-903-5442. And if anybody is listening to this and not watching, then then write this down or text it to your spouse, 905-903-5442. If anybody sends me a text message and tells me that they were listening from this podcast, I'm going to give everybody a free half hour coaching call where we just talk about where they are and, and ways that they can leverage it. It's not an upsell. In fact, I usually downsell people because a lot of people come to me for like the internet magic bullet Mm -hmm. and I discover oh well you don't need that you need to be working your database and um so 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 anyways it's just a real talk you need to make a call don't worry about that yeah so it's just my cell number is the best way um to reach out to me so give me a text message 905-903-5442 if anybody listening is a part of a board an association or a franchise and needs public speakers um, I do live talks I do virtual zoom meetings as well and I would love to connect so I'll leave it at that. Awesome. I, I appreciate it. Uh, and I want to thank, uh, shout out to John Lucing uh, there in Canada. He's the uh, reason I know about Dan. 
Um, and uh, John has been a good friend since we both own Remax franchises back in the day. So he always uh, knows all the good people in real estate, especially the good people in real estate in Canada. Uh, yep. So, uh, hey, Dan, I appreciate you uh, logging on with me today with the Real Estate of Life. And by the way, I always tell you that listening to the Real Estate of Life is valuable. Well, now you just got a, a valuable 30-minute uh, coaching call if you text Dan at 905-903-5442. So that's a good commercial to, uh, to end on. Uh, Dan, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for stopping by today. Awesome, man. Okay, bye, everyone. All right, see you later. Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending to me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com.